I'm Ben Klunt. And I'm Stephen Brown. In 2019, we started this podcast as an accountability tool for our health and our business goals. Through our discussions, interviews, and sharing of our successes and difficulties, we've learned we have a passion for leadership. In 2020, we're striving to grow our own leadership abilities by focusing on learning from great leaders in business and life, and continue to share our successes and struggles on this journey. We'll continue to have raw and candid conversations while sharing our own insights and experiences with our goal being to grow as leaders and as people. You're You're listening listening to Ordinary to Extraordinary. Mm. Want to know something ironic? Sure. Stormy Daniels is at the <laughs> comedy club tonight in Spokane on President's Day. <laughs> Wonder how many people will be there. Be like, oh, come on. Yeah, come I on, just Stormy. I imagine she's very funny. I, 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 you've got to wonder, yeah. I mean, yeah. it's anybody who is with Donald Trump, I think, is funny. I mean, you got, you've got to be some comedic <laughs> portion to that. I'm sure she'll tell stories about him and... Yeah. I'm sure it'll be some tiny pecker story or something like that. Well, I mean, the kind of people that are going to go and watch are obviously going to see Trump being bashed, and yeah. then some people will be there to defend Trump. And I mean, that's but just going to be a shit show if you ask me. It'll be it'll be interesting. Yeah. But first off, uh, again, we are recording from up on top of Five Miles. Stephen was nice enough to come up today so we could get a recording in on a Monday. Like mm-hmm. I said, President's Day, market's closed, which also means daycare is closed. So Ben's home with Weston. Mm-hmm. Um, we also have to get this recorded because both of us have some upcoming trips and we're going to have to, we're trying to stockpile some content. <laughs> it's like, I think we're back, we're gone, we're back to back on or gone. No, with there's maybe a week one where you're home and then, yeah, so we'll again. make it work. But Yeah, we're gone a few Mondays th- in the mm-hmm. month of March. Yep. So today is the February, 17th of February. It is President's Day. It is the day after... What happened yesterday? You and I went for some... Uh, went to the auto show. Auto show. Yeah. Yep. See the new cars. It was kind of lackluster this year. I wasn't terribly impressed. Well, I was really disappointed because BMW, Audi, and Volkswagen weren't there. Yeah. Um, it, there was a lot of them that it, I was like, huh, we're missing some of the major car manufacturers. And I was surprised that Porsche Porsche was there because they're owned by Volkswagen, Audi. So. Yeah, but they've got a local dealership. So, yeah, it's well, a, and it's a different and it, dealership. And it's, yeah, and it's not a corporate. It's not like a Lithia type dealership it's yeah. the gee you know local the geese or whatever. Mm-hmm. and i sat in that 911 carrera 4s and just oh steven posted a picture <laughs> yeah i loved it but that, i think that was a nice ride I'd, the blue I'd, on it too. yeah so i showed you some of the 1977 911s that i really want to get without the big fancy spoiler at the back the bit i call the whale tail the ironing right? board yeah. or whatever you want to call it on the back so i just i've always had a thing for porsches and how they can get so much power out of a small engine yeah, they really torque those things up. But yeah, it's fun. We should apologize in advance if there's an echo in the background since we're in a bigger room. There won't be. That's okay, good. I just well, whacked the microphone. There might be some um, <laughs> noise. I adjusted for it. Did you not see me playing with the levels? Because I can tell on here when it's... When there was an echo. So it should be all right. I okay, hope it's cool. all right. Yeah, and I'll apologize because my voice probably sounds a little lower than normal. I've got... I, it, my throat doesn't hurt, but it just feels different. Like Puberty, my, yeah. Yeah. 
Puberty, second puberty, second puberty, <laughs> third puberty, maybe. Um, third puberty. You know, th- there's something to that. Like, I don't know. The older I get, my body knows something. My nasal hair <laughs> is accelerating my for nasal. reasons. And your eyebrow I, and ear hair too. But I don't have ear hair yet, thankfully. Oh, lucky you. But yeah, I did. I tell you that I waxed my nose for the first time. <laughs> <laughs> no so i'm going to share this did you put like, like put wax up there ripped it out well, type thing i got tired of using the little thing in my yeah, nose so i was like all right let's try waxing this shit did it just hurt like a mother so i'm gonna get there let me tell the story so i went on amazon it was like an eight dollar kit i was like all right cool so you get the little balls and you put them in a little paper cup and throw them in the microwave and it comes out okay yeah so the wax yeah. So then you stick the little plastic thing in and you go up your nose and I kind of, I read the instructions, but I also managed to get it stuck to the little piece of moustache that I hadn't buzzed yet that day. So the right one, like first time I just pulled it right out and it was fine. And it was nasty. Like you see all the little hairs and stuff sticking out of it. The left one was in there for about 20 minutes because I couldn't, I tried pulling it a couple of times and it had stuck so far up and stuck to some of my top lip hair. So I was just like, okay. So I had to like one by one almost like just pull it a little bit and I felt oh. everyone like eyes watering and everything. So I think I'll, if I do that again, I'll try it differently. What did you do different from the right nostril? <laughs> I have no nostrils. idea, but it sealed in the right nostril. The left one didn't. And I saw it running down a little bit oh, and I didn't no. wipe it off when it was still hot. I just let it set. So I was just like, oh, it stuck to my skin. Oh, no. <laughs> That's I, so painful. I finally got it off. Oh, that is awesome. Yeah. We should record that sometime. You want? Do you want to do it? We'll, we'll do it on video. video. Yeah. Like you and I both just <laughs> getting our noses waxed. <laughs> oh, I never tell you there was a time when we were might have been even in college oh, one of my buddies was like i gotta get my back waxed because he had a hairy back from high school on it was terrible and we're like fine we'll, we'll get a back waxing kit or a waxing kit and do it and so and then i videoed it and our other friend freaking rips it off his mm-hmm. whole like a whole strip oh i've never heard anybody cry and like a dog so hard yeah I was like, okay, never mind. This is a terrible idea. Hair removal in general is just weird. But yeah, I just, yeah, my no, nasal hair, the older I get, it was never a problem when I was young. Yeah. And I'm like, whoa, there's hair coming out of my nostrils. So how long did we just waste recording there? It was like five minutes, okay. six minutes. <laughs> so, there we go. Let's get into it. So today's topic, Stephen and I are in a kind of devotional plan, reading plan with a group of guys. And something that came up, uh, one of the reading plans actually is about insecurity. And so Stephen had a good idea today. Yeah, we're going to talk about what's holding you back. Mm-hmm. You know, because obviously in leadership, if you let f- fears and insecurities hold you back, you're not going to get very far, and you're nope. certainly not going to have a lot of people looking to follow you, right? Yeah. Where I kind of wanted to come from this from, and this is so different because I just threw this at you this morning, mm-hmm. and we normally talk about things for a few days before. So where Depends I kind of want to come from this at is like fears, comfort zones, beliefs, and people. And then just personal insecurities, debilitating beliefs, things that we'll call them rackets if you like. So I do a rackets exercise when I give my sales training. Mm-hmm. Um, like things that you believe that just aren't true. Yeah, some self-imposed limits. Yeah. In true O2E fashion, I'll start with being vulnerable. Ooh. And I told Ben that I was going to surprise him. And I think this will surprise you. But I'm going to share what my biggest insecurities are. 
um, and hopefully Ben reciprocates a little. Uh, I don't have any. <laughs> clearly, <laughs> Ben's perfect. So, people, meeting people, talking to people, standing in front of people and talking. All of that stuff literally gives me anxiety. Those are pretty common fears, though. Yeah, but think about what I do for a living and think about what I do every day. And I tell people that meeting people scares me and they don't believe me. I've, I've, I've tried to share this with people before and they call bullshit on it. But this was... Uh, let's see, this kind of came to the fore. Um, I've left networking events and gone to the bathroom and had to talk myself down. I got hives on the back of my hands all the way up my mm. arms. Heart starts racing. Thankfully, I don't sweat a lot, so it doesn't manifest as being sweaty. But just pure fear of meeting people that I don't know. So there's lots of things I do to try and offset this and pacify it. I'm going to share some of those tricks, I think. So you'll notice that I won't go to anything on my own. So I'm not the kind of person that will go and sit in a bar on my own. Yeah, I like to... I'd, I'd rather sit outside my car than go in and wait on someone in a bar. Hmm. You know, like, I'll wait till I see them pull up. Uh, I wear Nike. There's actually symbology to this. What What's the Nike symbolism, motto? Symbolism, you mean? S symbology, symbolism, it's the same thing. Symbology? Symbology is a study of symbols. Hmm. I promise, look it up. I mean, yeah, I can do my Latin or Greek roots or whatever and yeah. figure it out. Um, but just but, do it, right? Oh, so yeah, just do it. Talking to somebody, introducing myself. That Nike swoosh. Action seen it seen it on my watch even because it's a nike apple watch just seen that nike swoosh it, it gives me that just do it just do it just do it before i speak to someone that i don't know i have sometimes hundreds of times gone over how i think it's going to go in my head i have just rip it <laughs> he was ripping his piece of paper off um i've gone through positive like what, what would we call that like I, i've created positive in my mind I've created negative in my mind I've, everything in between I've had the conversation and it never goes the way mm -hmm. I thought it would I've thought about multiple ways to start conversations how to end conversations how to not talk to people that intimidate me and so Nike's one thing that I do I have bands and I play Reminders. with my hands yeah. and I'll play with my bands and I, I'm pretty good at hiding it and my hoodies I think I've shared this before like I put the things in my mouth or I'll bury my face in my hoodie and I just simulated that if it sounded kind of muffled there. That's why he hit his mic too. Yeah. But, but my clothes are definitely like a comfort thing for me as well hmm. and I just disappear into it. But it was debilitating in my early, when I first came to America especially, couldn't do karaoke, yeah. couldn't stand with a microphone and talk to people and all of a sudden I'm expected to give presentations and I had to practice and practice and practice and I'm sure I screwed up a lot. But yeah, I just... It never goes away, that fear. Hmm. I just know well, that... I think I, what's funny is how it... I, I'd be interested to know because I'm thinking even for myself, it's like like even like yesterday with the auto show, like I was just going to go to the auto show alone if you couldn't make it type thing, right? Mm -hmm. Like I'll just go by myself and I'll, even, I'll go to a movie by myself and I'll go to breakfast by myself. Like I don't need some people, but I, I'm energized by having people around, so I'd rather have somebody with me because I enjoy the conversation and stuff, but it's like I'm mm -hmm. not fearful. Yeah. of it like it sounds like maybe you are but yeah. what I'm what I'm interested in in knowing is <clears throat> does it apply in particular situations but not in others because I'd say there's certain situations where I'm like I would be like I'm fearful of failure I'm f I, I'd be fearful of making a fool of myself right mm -hmm. 
in certain situations, but in others, I, I don't really, I could, I could give two poops, right? So I don't care if I make a fool of myself or not, because we're here to have fun. I don't really care. But when there's something meaningful on the line, then it all of a sudden, I'm, I'm, you know, once it becomes serious, then it's like, oh my gosh, I don't want to, I don't want to fail. Mm-hmm. I don't, I can't fail. No, I think it's every situation. So I, huh. interesting. And I travel on my own a lot. Yeah. Another sort of security blanket, if you will, is are my headphones. Often at the gym all the time. Well, at the gym, at fellow where I'm working, I have those things in, and quite often nothing's playing. I just don't want. I I I'm, I'm having a an insecure moment, and I I can't unless I know somebody. So I should share this. When when I first talked to Jenna, at Zola, I was scared to talk to her there. And when I first talked to her fellow the, the following Monday, like I had my headphones in and it, I don't know if her or anybody realizes how big a deal it was that I dropped them down and actually started a conversation. Because I was, from that Saturday night to that Monday morning, I knew I was going to see her at fellow. And approaching women, again, people don't believe it because I exude confidence to some people. But I'm shit scared of initiating conversations with Males and females that I don't know. I but think romantically, there's two different things I can't going do on. That. Well, because I was gonna say you've shared before. Uh, I might be overstepping here, but it's like you shared before how it's like you, from a business standpoint, workout standpoint, like you have your shit together. From mm-hmm. a personal standpoint, you know, you said I, I struggle at times, right? Be it personal relationships, whatever it might be. Too, it's mm-hmm. funny you're talking about this. I think from there's probably that fear on both sides a little bit, especially with the public speaking, but you seem to be more apt from what I've seen in a business setting, like to cold call on somebody and walk on in and do that from, from a business relation standpoint, you have that confidence, but maybe from a more relational standpoint, you don't. No, that's just a observation. I'm happy that it seems like that. I wear long sleeves probably even in the summer. I wear long sleeves a lot, right? Mm hmm. Um, and I do it so that I can pull them down and hide the hives that I get from that. Like meeting people from a business perspective or a personal perspective literally terrifies me. Hmm. And I, I do it for a living, right? Yeah. And the more I do it, I keep expecting it to get easier. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't. But I keep putting myself in that situation. Yeah. Well, that's right. You only grow by being discomfortable. Mm-hmm. I kind of have a saying. It's like if, 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 if I feel uncomfortable with it or I feel fearful of it, then that's probably what I should be doing. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like if you literally, it's like I have two options. First one scares me. Second one I'm comfortable with. I should probably go with the option A that scares me. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm even right now you can't see it. <laughs> but under the table, I'm playing with the calluses on my hand. Yeah. So it's, it's like um, what I compare it to, and I wouldn't wish Parkinson's disease on anybody. That bastard can keep his disease. I don't want it. Um, <laughs> but have you ever seen Michael J. Fox in an interview? Mm. As he's talking, when he feels it coming, when he knows he's, he's going to do one of those like involuntary movements, he kind of does something else or he... He like stands up or he moves or and it's the way I relate way it is that it, yeah. it's like I'll put a hand behind my back or in my pocket and start fidgeting with something or like my calluses I pick them like you can hear that right yeah that's um, freaking weird so it, it is weird but 
That was all, I'm just how loud that callus was was the weird part. That's <laughs> why <laughs> I thought I was talking. About, I was like, God, that sounded like a freaking wood chipper. I lift heavy weights. That's what happens with it. These, I'll thwack yeah. those, and I he's learned that the beads one on his wrist. Yeah, his I learned that yeah. one from Phil Knight. So he wears elastic bands on his wrist, and when he gets nervous, he he kind of reminds himself like he's got little nervous ticks. So he, hmm. and it's just all these little things that I've picked up over time. But the biggest thing, and I don't even know that I've ever shared this. I use a specific laundry detergent because it reminds me of my mom. Comfort. Oh, interesting. And that's why when I bury my nose and my, it, it just, it, it, it comforts me. God, you're going to make your mom cry if she listens to this Well, one. maybe, maybe not. The reason I'm sharing this is because we're going to go on and we're going to talk about why you shouldn't let anything hold you back, right? I couldn't do my job if I didn't speak to strangers. I literally would be broke if I didn't speak to strangers doing my job, right? But I also have this kind of a... Uh, We'll call it introverted extroverted streak yeah and people just assume that you're comfortable and you're outgoing and you're friendly and it's like oh i've had people ask me to give them tips on public speaking and like how do you meet people and it's literally the nike thing it's just just do it and i wish well, and sometimes do it and fail and figure it out and grow from it and keep going mm-hmm. i mean but the funny thing is if you're insecure and you do that and you fall on your face a lot of people are like this failed this was terrible i'm not doing it again Right, it's the same idea with success. It's like you just keep going. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's like the only difference between those who are successful and those that are not is that those that are successful kept grinding on. Mm-hmm. I and mean, it really doesn't take a whole lot. So, yeah, you just got to keep putting yourself in uncomfortable situations yeah, and keep failing until you don't. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and then uh, look at then you win. I tried uh, on the on the interpersonal stuff, like the relationship side of things. Again, people don't believe that you're not like they'll say you're not shy you you'll talk to anybody like you you can hit on girls and i'm like no (laughs) like it terrifies me it's called approach anxiety i believe Hmm. and again you've gone over it a million times in your mind and you've figured out every way that they'll say no to just talking to Mm -hmm. you not even so you already talk yourself out of it yeah so again just having the comfort blanket of being around friends or other people that you know that they might know it just so that's why like yeah i think confidence can be (laughs) you can be outwardly confident or seem outwardly confident but internally just have this struggle that and and i'm there like even like we we talk into these microphones all the time this is essentially a fear of mine as well Hmm. like the fact that i i was shit scared to do karaoke i forced myself to do stand-up comedy for a while you know and there's some nights still when I go to the karaoke bars or whatever and people are like, you're going to sing tonight? And I'm like, no, because I'm just disabled by this this fear. It's like, no, I can't tonight. Like, I'm, And you try a little, they call it Dutch courage, right? And you drink and then all you do, you end up doing is Dutch like courage. stuttering or making a fool of yourself. Do you know where that came from, by the way? No. So it's from the Anglo-Dutch War. Look at me, no history. So the English were fighting the Dutch and uh, it was a pretty horrific battle battlefield. So they would, have a few drinks of whiskey before or beer before they went out onto the battlefield and they called it Dutch Courage because they were fighting the Dutch. <laughs> Seriously. Interesting. There you cool. go. That's okay. Interesting. Um so yeah, there's there's me sort of sharing my biggest <laughs> fear, which I, I I genuinely think will surprise some people, especially people that see me in social settings and Yeah, I don't think it's anything going around and like a negative No. Really I mean it's just it's just it. But where I want to go with this is to talk about common things that hold people back, right? Because there really shouldn't be an excuse to be held back in anything, right? Well, um, all right, so I'm going to 
this is where I, to- I told you I think you and I are going to have different opinions on some of this stuff too. And so I will say, first I want to preface it with this, is if I think if people really want to do something, then there won't be anything that holds them back. But I think a lot of people haven't really identified what it is that they really want. And so they say, well, they throw out all these excuses that we're going to talk about, right? Which is self-imposed limits, peer group, uh, insecurity, uh, family, you know, wife, kids, blah, 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 money, all these things. But it's like, but they haven't actually committed to that one thing that they want, right? It's like, because if you're truly committed to the one thing, I don't think stuff does hold you back. There's certainly hurdles that you're going to have to work through, mm-hmm. like anything worth having. But... I think a lot of people mistake these things that are holding them back for the things that why they didn't succeed when in reality the reason why they didn't succeed or get what they wanted was because they never actually wanted it in the first place. Mm-hmm. So before I think people, what I wanted to preface this with is before somebody comes and says, hey, these things held me back. It's like, well, I don't know if you actually wanted it because things don't hold you back when you actually want them. There's certainly hurdles, but there's nothing that stops you from actually getting or achieving what you want. But so that was all I wanted to say on that point. But I, I happy to chat about the common things that hold people back from the things that they truly want out of life. Yeah. So, and I, but I'll, oh, sorry, I'm going to jump in again. I'll soon say, I think the things that you truly want out of life change though, as your life expands and grows and different things happen to you. Right. It's like the things when you don't have a family will be very different from the things uh, when you do have a family that are important to you too. I mean, there was a time where it's like, I don't care if I work 80 hours a week. Mm-hmm. I'm going to make $5 million a year. I want stupid money. It's like, and I still want to make a lot of money, but not at the sacrifice of like not being there for your family, right? Yeah. So it's like, yeah, I'm going to do everything it takes. It's like, and the things that are holding me back in my family, it's like, well, no, what I don't want anymore is I don't want to make $5 million. I'd, well, I'd like to make $5 million. I don't want to work 80 hours a week and be gone from my family, right? Mm-hmm. So I think the context here is important, but... Well, I think what you've done is you've reached the the realization that I think all true good entrepreneurs reach. It's that money's a byproduct of doing the right thing and serving more people, right? Mm-hmm. You can set out with that finite goal. We, we always talk about Simon Sinek, don't we? Yeah. You can set out with that That's finite goal of I want to make $5 million, right? Yeah. But what that does is it sets you up for failure on the backside of making that $5 million because you might make that $5 million, but then you're like, well, that was a finite goal. What did I do now? I made 5 million bucks. <laughs> the end. Um, <laughs> but when you just set out with a purpose of serving people the right way, helping people invest in their future and their retirement, and we're talking about you specifically, obviously, yeah, yeah. And, and you know, doing the right thing for the right reasons as opposed to setting people up in funds that pay you the most. Yeah. If you do that for enough people, you know, your, your income is dr- directly proportionate to the amount of people you help right Mm -hmm. not the amount of people that you put in bad products so i think you've you've had that excuse me i keep on having a clear like my throat um drink your fizzy water no that makes it worse sometimes um (laughs) because it's fizzy yeah um but yeah you have to sort of make peace with the fact that a goal like i want to earn five million dollars this year that's like oh that's cool but then what do you do next year? And what <laughs> yeah. do you do if you don't get it? So you're you're almost setting yourself up for failure both ways because if you hit it, you're like, ugh. Now, it's not to say that you shouldn't have somewhat of a financial goal. But yeah, I think financial how goal, you yeah. approach those things is so, well, so J- important. Jake and I were talking about this the other day in the office. Like, I'm not going to be any happier 
making the amount of money I do now versus, you know, 10 times the amount of money that I make now. It's like, I really won't be any happier. I do think there is a minimum income level mm-hmm. that it's like, if you make, you know, 50,000 on a family of four versus 200,000 on a family of four, I, this is just my belief, but I think maybe 200 is even too high. I, we could say 100. Mm-hmm. I think a family that makes 100,000 a year versus a family that has to live on 50,000 a year is going to have maybe happiness is the wrong word, but well, there's a well, maybe happiness yeah. is the right word. I because for lack of a better word, happiness, right? Because mm-hmm. for one, it's like okay, we can afford a home and we can afford you know a hot lunch for our kids. We can afford to take a vacation every few years to save a little bit of money for our kids' college, right? Mm-hmm. To do the things we're supposed to from a financial standpoint. I'm talking not emotionally, you know, but purely financial. Yeah. No, that makes sense. I think it's how you come about money as well. And this is something that people will tell you in all walks of life. You know, the people that win the lottery can come from nothing to everything winning the lottery. How many of them end up broke? How many of them end up with terrible relationships, toxicity in their life, drugs, alcohol, so on and so forth. But the people that build it and acquire it over time in a way that they're, you know, they're working hard, they're working steady, they're helping people, they're focused on family and good relationships and no toxicity those are the the people that can build wealth accumulate wealth and have what you're talking about it's not necessarily happiness it's more contentment yeah. it's more yeah well, they get to realize the success of it all mm-hmm. i guess yeah and so money can make good. a lot of problems go away but it can also create a whole subset of problems oh, yeah i was gonna say it brings a whole new one a new yeah. subset of them you're right so um right. but yeah the one thing that i didn't mention is that one of my coping mechanisms used to be my phone mm-hmm, you know and, mm-hmm. and, and i'm really conscious of this now that i watch people when they uh when they're on their own or when they arrive early or something the first thing they do is get their phone out and put their head in their phone yeah and i don't do that i try not to do that in fact I, even if i feel it vibrate in my pocket often i'm like no nope, leave it just own this type thing um but to force yourself to live in that discomfort of just sitting yeah. there looking around the room. Yep. Um, I like it. So I want to talk about beliefs here. And by beliefs, I don't necessarily mean religious beliefs or spiritual beliefs. I want to talk about the kind of things that you believe about yourself, right? So often people think that they've reached their station in life and they can't claim any higher or they're, they're just where they are, are at and that's it, right? And I think often that's something that holds a lot of people back. You know, they feel, whether it be from an education standpoint, whether it be from a technical ability standpoint, whether it be from a a soft skill standpoint, that they can't grow anymore. And I think that's probably the biggest issue in terms of people putting themselves in a place where they can't get to where they they dream of getting to because they believe they can't get there, Hmm. right? Mm Mm-hmm. Are there any beliefs like that that you can think of that sort of spring to mind? As far as like self-limiting beliefs you're saying? Is that what you're saying? Yeah. Uh, For me specifically? For you, for people that you've known, for people that you've maybe had counsel with? uh, Beliefs, if if it's of counsel with, right, then it's, it's usually financial for me. But I mean, so many people think because of where they are financially that there are certain things that they can't do. An example of this, actually, and I use this example with people quite frequently. It's like, so I have, uh, I've got a little convertible, a little Mercedes convertible, <laughs> right? Yes, you do. It's a cool little car. A lot of people like it, and they look at it, and they think it's super expensive, right? And they're like, oh, my God, this car is so cool. It's super expensive. I've always wanted one of these old Mercedes. Uh-huh. 
and what is uh, it like a five or six yeah like a five thousand dollar car or something and uh they're like oh but i could never get one of these i just can't justify the cost and it's like it's i mean for a lot of people i get it but it's like you could make that happen like that is not something that mm-hmm. you couldn't make happen fairly easily over a couple years or something yeah so it's like i'm always like well why don't you get one i'm like well i just you know i don't uh i just don't have the money i don't have a spot to park it and i'm like mm-hmm. Well, then just say you don't actually want it. You like the idea of having one. You don't actually want it, right? So they've done these things where they sell, oh, I don't have the garage. I don't have the money. Oh, I don't have the insurance would be too much money. I'm like, it costs $250 a year to insure it through a classic car insurance. Like, mm-hmm. you can you can have one of these cars. If your dream has always been to have one, go buy one. Like, <laughs> you can get a really, really nice one for ten grand. Like, <laughs> go buy one of these sweet cars and go enjoy driving it, right? But I think to my original point was they don't actually want it. They just like the idea of having it, right? That's it. And it's like, well, fine. If you don't actually want it, that's great. I mean, just then rent it for a day and drive it, right? Go rent a car, you know, or just yeah. let me know you want to drive my car for a day. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to let you drive my car for a day, somebody, if you want to drive, unless I know you. <laughs> I don't want some random listener just deciding they want to come drive my car. But... I mean, those types of things, right? Where yeah. she's like, God, I always wanted to just rent a van and go travel for a week. Why haven't you? Why? That's to your point of the night. It's like, just do it. Just go take a week and do it. Well, I can't. I'm busy at work. You're always going to be busy at work. You're always going to have other commitments. If it's something that you've truly wanted to do, inject a little spontaneity in your life even, too. It's like, just even the spontaneity. You can be playing spontaneity. I'm going to plan for spontaneity in, <laughs> in three weeks, and I'm requesting the time off. To yeah. do it. Well, to that point, I think I would add to the just do it. I wish Nike would release a t-shirt that literally said just fucking do it. Right? Add the extra. Or and or we could go full Shia LaBeouf. Just do it. Don't let your dreams become what what's that video that he did? Have you seen that video? No. I'll have to give you the it's him losing it and he's like flexing. Yeah. Just do it. But yeah, from a belief standpoint, I think if you say it often enough to yourself, and sometimes people outwardly say that they don't believe in themselves, mm-hmm. you know this sounds cheesy as hell. But if you don't, if you're not willing to invest and believe in yourself, then nobody else is going to invest and believe in you. And the mm-hmm. people that do, the people that do invest and believe in you in that regard, they're going to eventually stop doing it because they see you put yourself down and hold yourself back so many times and so often. So. There's that, and then we just talked about people. So I think we, you actually posted a daily thought about this. Get people out of your life or burn bridges that, mm-hmm. that need burning, right? Um, so there's people in your life right now. Yeah. I guarantee you, anybody listening to this has people in their life right now that if you didn't talk to them again, you might think about them from time to time. Yeah. But you're not going to be... Your, your life isn't going to be like have a huge hole in it and there's people that if you stop talking to that you would regret it for the rest of your life right you would think about them you would so I think what you have to do is differentiate and you have to make time for the people that are positive influences in your life mm-hmm. and will push you and will help you achieve what you want to achieve and you also have to cut the toxicity you have to now it's not to say that you won't make mistakes it's not to say that you won't open up to people that you shouldn't open up to in interpersonal relationships it's not to say that you won't make mistakes in business but the people you surround yourself with are so important in any kind of achievement. I think the verbiage that I used in the video was like, you got to be around people who are life-giving, 
right? Who give positivity back into your life one way or another too. The other interesting thing I was going to say about people is uh, it's funny because it stems out of their own insecurity. I'm not saying you and I, I'm just using us as an example. We'll say Steven is doing really well and he's making just so much money, right? And I'm like, wow, Steven, that's really cool. God, you know, you're so great at what you do. And I'm saying it through my teeth, right? It's like, and so many people want others to not be successful because it makes them feel Mm -hmm. inferior, weak, plays upon all of their insecurities about themselves, whatever, right? It's like, but really, it's like the inside, they want you to be successful, but they're also, it's this internal struggle. It's a weird thing because I think also, it's something you need to watch out for. It's not that they don't want you to be successful. It's that it's their own insecurities. And I think you need to realize that. Right. Mm-hmm. And then if you can call them out on it and tell them how great they are and how they can do the same thing. Right. I mean, I think so many people just, it's fear. Mm-hmm. It's just everything is comes down to some type of fear that is self-limiting fear. It's, insecurity that is festered by those types of people. I mean, it could be the successful person was being successful and all of a sudden Mm -hmm. their fearful friend comes out and says something and it plays upon that string that they had and now they're downward spiral too, right? So I guess if you are the person that feels insecure, bite your tongue (laughs) and encourage your friend. I mean, I had to do that recently. I remember uh, a buddy who's like company is taking off and it's like, and there's part of me that's like, Oh, I so badly want to be a part of it. Cause it's just so cool. And you can see the tech that they're putting out there. And you know, it's like, I think he actually listens to our podcast. So this will be interesting. And he had a, he had a struggle with one of his friends who was early into the founding of the company mm-hmm. and they fell, fell apart basically because of the founding of the company. And one friend was not so into it, but uh, you know, the thought of him experiencing great wealth, and like, man, I want to be a part of that. I want to invest in some of that too and be part of it. And I was like, oh, mm-hmm. and so I just had to, instead of like wishing, like the party is like, God, hopefully it doesn't work just so I don't feel right. It's like, no, that's stupid. Like, yeah. don't do that. You encourage him in every way that you can, right? Because at the end of the day, if it is successful, I'm going to feel a lot better about him being successful and making a lot of money and me having encouraged him to do so than me sitting there in the background wishing that he fails internally and then he does. Well, you touched on this and, uh, I think it's so important to reiterate that someone being successful doesn't mean that you can't be successful. There's enough success for everybody to go yeah. around. You can be in the same industry. Think about the people in your office, Ben. You can all be successful and mm-hmm. have different clients. You can share clients, you know, and there might be another boutique investment firm down the road. That's also successful. That's also successful yeah. and also doing things the right way. It's not a zero-sum game. Yeah, it's yeah. not like once your pot gets a little bit full that, people are taking from your pot to be successful it's yeah. it's not like that it's everybody can be successful but the thing is i think just because somebody's pot gets filled up prior to yours doesn't mean that mm-hmm. you won't get your pot filled up too because i think it's like oh man they're successful before me mm-hmm. or they were richer quicker than i was or, or am or not you yeah. know it's like that doesn't mean you, you won't get there everyone's time frames are different so here we go with another simon cynic concept right it's that worthy rival concept versus the competitor yeah, yeah, don't, from the book, yeah. Don't compete with other people. Look at them as a rival, but you're you're they can be successful and you can be successful. You know, he, yeah. he gives the analogy a worthy that, rival, yeah. That there's a, another guy that writes books and gives talks and he used to look at the, the best seller list yeah. and if he was above him he felt like a failure. Yeah. And then he's like, Well, guess well, he what? He's below him, yeah. Or that guy yeah. was above me, yeah, yeah. It yeah. turns out you can buy more than one book. And they're buddies. Yeah, and they're and friends. They recommend now. each other's books. Yeah. So <laughs> you know, and it's um 
it's one of those things that when it comes down to it, and this this is so true in business as well, you never ever need to badmouth a competitor. Yeah. Just be good at what you're good at. Well, I think even you and I, to some degree, I probably see each other as worthy rivals a little bit. I know because we've talked about the amount of money we make just jokingly on the side a little bit and like who's making more at this point. So it's like we play that game of like, and it pushes you a little bit like, oh man, you're doing good. You brought in some new business. Like we're trying to compete. But it's not competing. It's but it's healthy competition. It's not yeah. negative. I mean, their competition doesn't have to be negative. It's. Yeah. I mean, if you have a negative connotation of it, that's mm-hmm. not what I mean by it. But I mean, it can be healthy competition, right? Because it's pushing you to be better, to serve more mm-hmm. people, to be thinking outside of the box and coming up with new ways to service your client base or bring on new clients. Mm-hmm. No. Yeah, and I think. If you're looking across the fence at your neighbor or a friend and going, "God, they've got this car and that," and and bastards and I want that and that that's negative right that's super negative I think what you're talking about is that you and I have a a healthy zest a thirst for life right we have a a real hey we want to live we want to have experiences we want to do things see things not I mean you're more of a I mean you like collecting cars I I mean I couldn't care less if I drove a two thousand dollar beater or whatever Well, I um, think you, could, you would care if you drove a two thousand dollars. As long as it goes from A to B and back again, um, I genuinely don't care about that. I don't see that cars was 100% as status symbols. True, you wouldn't or, drive the car you drive now. You drive a two thousand dollars beater. No, I drove. I drive the car I drive now because I could. <laughs> <laughs> Paid cash for it. Don't have a payment. Um, so, but if that was true, though, then you would drive a two thousand because you'd pay cash for a two thousand dollar car just as you would the car you drive now. Do you remember my little nineteen eighty seven Nissan truck no, that I've I smashed never, my arm in? No, I've never seen you drive it. I cars. had the beater as well, but it's that just, was your junker truck yeah. in addition to the other car. Don't play that <laughs> game with me, Stephen. <laughs> Don't try to bullshit a bullshitter. <laughs> I'm not bullshitting. Like genuinely, like I could go and buy like a two thousand dollar car and be okay, happy. Sell your car that you drive now tomorrow and go drive a, a two thousand dollar no, car. It's paid off. It doesn't mm. cost. So what a two thousand dollar one. And you could go use the difference to go to... cost me $2,000. <laughs> what I'm saying is that accumulation Don't should... Don't be talking car shit with me, buddy. That's another thing that holds people back, though. They think about the accumulation of wealth and things. And it's like, if you just look at it from the perspective that accumulate experiences and accumulate people in your life that are going to enrich it, then the rest of that shit will take care of itself. It's not to say you don't want nice things and nice houses and so on and so forth, but experiences and people will always enrich your life more than shit well i would say don't accumulate anything experience or monetary for the sake of just accumulating like it's that marie kondo thing or whatever is that the thing the closet gal where you go in and if it doesn't evoke a positive experience you know emotion then get rid of it right Mm -hmm. so it's like out of the material possessions that you have they should have some type of positive emotion with it like the car driving the convertibles like it's a freeing thing for me right so i can turn on the music and i can drive a car and i can decompress like not too many other places that i can have that type of experience too so it evokes a positive emotion when i get to do that and i get to drive and just be quiet yeah and i think outlets are so important Mm -hmm. so especially when you're grinding man another reason this uh this popped up in my mind today to talk about this and holding things back one of the most enriching things in my entire life is being able to still connect with kids that I coached. Mm-hmm. Um, I see them, a lot of them now are either in college or they're finished college. I mean, some in Chicago, they were 16, 17 when I was in Chicago. I've been here for 10 years, so they're mid-20s. Some are getting married, settling down, uh, kids. 
so it's really enriching to see them succeed um, but where I'm going with this is that I remember some of the most insecure girls and boys that I coached and I look at them now and they're just full of confidence in life and I'm not taking credit for that that's not where I'm going with this but one of the non-negotiables when you play for me is that I don't take excuses I don't take reasons you know, it's the whole Yoda thing. It's like, don't try and do it. Do it or don't do it. Just don't bullshit me, right? Mm-hmm. But on my Facebook memories this morning, um, I was tagged. And this was one of the first teams I worked with when I came here. So these kids were 14 and 15. So now they're mid-20s. A lot of them, like I said, are coming back from college and either getting into the real world, doing their masters. Some are kind of between jobs. And um, But the quote that they posted... It was uh, no excuses, dot, 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 and then Steve Brown. Because I used to say that to them all the time. No and Call them out on it. No excuses. Don't give me a fucking excuse. I want to know why it's not done. If I give you a job to do on the field, I want to know why you've not done it. Because I keep it simple, right? I ask people to do things that are within their, their capabilities. And no excuses just has always been the motto that all of my teams that I've ever worked with use so when when that popped up this morning um that team there was a bunch of them tagged in it so one of the girls posted it tagged all the team in it and then tagged me in it right and this was when my facebook name was steve brown they'd somehow found that out and found me on the social media and tagged me because i used (laughs) to hide myself on social media by not putting my full name on so it was funny i went and i looked at who was tagged in it this morning and what they were doing and how they were doing it and just how insecure some of those girls were and how they didn't believe in themselves and how now they're successful and they're doing things and it's like if they if they went back and looked at their 13 and 14 year old selves they'd be ashamed of those 13 and 14 year old girls but somehow they found that confidence and that belief and they stopped making excuses and that was one of the most successful teams I'd ever worked with in terms of getting kids into college and, and them going on and doing amazing things in soccer yeah. and in life. So That's cool to see some of the kids that you coaches yeah. come back and be successful too. Yeah, and just when you see them and they still want to give you a hug and talk with you and, and share everything that they're doing, and you know, it's just cool. That's something that I hope you, that people get the chance to do that, whether it be mentoring in sport or not I mean you could do it in DECA or whatever since yeah, yeah. I don't want you teaching any kids how to run throw catch or kick <laughs> thanks I'm sorry I, I, I don't resist. want to teach them either <laughs> so it's it's fine just fine I'll teach them cars and business yeah. and but there's uh, ways to mentor motorcycles everything. and all the things that are actually manual but yeah. no excuses mainly yeah a bunch of dudes tackling each other on a field okay moving on to the next one <laughs> What have you got? So, I was thinking about this, right? And a lot of people, one of their excuses for why they're not successful is their their upbringing. Mm-hmm. Uh, grew up in a poor family. My mom and dad were mean. Whatever. I mean, the kids hated me at school, right? So, we all have these weird things that we had. I mean, everybody has a background, right? And what I was equating this to, it's like, so your background is your foundation, but it doesn't define you, and you get to build the rest of the house, Right. So it's like you get to decide what above that foundation looks like, and you get to be the architect mm-hmm. of your life. 
So don't come up with excuses. Your foundation might look a little funky, but if you stop building the house at the foundation and you only ever use the foundation as an excuse because you weren't the architect of the foundation, you were only the architect of what's above and you're like, well, the foundation screwed up, so what's the point of building the rest of the house? It's like, no, you have the foundation, now build, right? And the foundation might be screwy, like I just said. Doesn't matter. You can still get to be the architect of your house. It's like those insecurities should not dictate how you build your house. That was what I was going to say. 100%. So this actually is really relevant in the dating world. Um, And where it's relevant is so many people take previous issues and how they were treated and terrible things that people have done to them, which I wouldn't wish on anybody, right? Or their parents' divorce. Being in a toxic, maybe abusive relationship, whether that be physically or verbally or both emotionally. Um, but what a lot of people will do is they'll take those previous in previous issues that they had. Mm-hmm. Experiences or whatever. And they want to bring that into the current yeah. relationship or the prospective relationship. And I think it's important often that, hey, what happened in the past should not um, create any kind of negativity moving forward and I'm trying to find one I'll say this while you're looking for the quote is you can't make the same recipe with different ingredients right it's Mm -hmm. like and everybody is a different ingredient so you can't expect the same outcome when you have a different spice you're trying to throw into the like it just doesn't work out that way yeah so here it is and it's from a guy called Nick Tellia um, who is a life coach okay he's making a good living doing that he works with a lot of professional athletes and golfers and such so he posted this and I actually shared it to my Instagram a few weeks ago and it says your circumstances aren't holding you back you're holding your circumstances back yeah, you really like that quote and isn't that super relevant to what we're talking about right now mm-hmm. um, and what you just brought up like don't be a victim of your circumstances nobody in your family's ever been to college fuck that go to college nobody in yeah. your family's ever built wealth and, and had a retirement account Fuck that. Build wealth and have a retirement account. Nobody in your family has ever, you know, not used alcohol and drugs. Well, you can continue the cycle or you can break the cycle, right? Mm-hmm. And being a product of your environment, to me, is about 50% a valid excuse. I was going to say, there are some, there is right? some, because I think about some of the kids at the organizations that mm-hmm. we're a part of, right? And I remember one of them wanted to go be a chef. So he's going to go to school to be a chef, right? And his brothers literally beat him up yeah. <clears throat> because he wanted to go to school to be a chef. Like, oh, you think you're better than us? You're going to go to school and get, you know, like your brothers beat you up because you wanted to like make something of yourself. So it's like, it's, I, it, it, this is a hard thing to do, but I think at some point you like, just like you cut out the toxic friends in your life, sometimes you got to cut out the toxic family in your life exactly too, because it's not worth it. And if they're going to hold you back from realizing your full potential in life, mm-hmm. then they're not family. Yeah. And that's just why because I, they're blood related. That's why not I say family. it's about a 50% valid excuse because you're always going to have things ingrained in your psyche and your mindset yeah. from how you were raised. It's a 50% valid excuse, but mm-hmm. it's 100% hard to, to yeah. follow through on. But there's 50% there that it's like, look, you can make a change. To your point, it's the people you surround yourself with, the environment you put yourself in. Like, yeah, one of the very first things you brought up is you want to be surrounded by people who want to enrich your life and want you to be better, right? And sometimes you just got to cut that shit out. And, you know, it's hard to do. It's hard when all you've known is negativity or bad environments. 
but breaking the cycle i mean it, you see it you see these wonderful success stories look at the people we've had on the podcast even kamiko mm-hmm. she was in debt mm-hmm. she makes a lot of Single money mom now. divorced yep. like you lots know, of things and i'll go on the record and say this from personal experience there is not a force on earth that can tear down a devoted and determined single mum who wants <laughs> yeah. to take care of their kid or Seriously. kids yeah. like that is that is my having my eyes open to that this year the last year or so like just Did how, you don't stand in the way of a mama bear oh i mean the fact that single mums are able to create positive environments for kids and you know we come back to it that sometimes money makes it a little bit easier mm-hmm. but regardless of how much money a good single mum makes they are going to create an environment for their their kid to yeah, be successful right yeah, totally um and obviously there's some there's some situations that people get themselves in but it's uh that that's something that i've experienced firsthand just witnessing that and that devotion and that that, that love yeah yeah I think that's what it comes. I mean, like when somebody loves something or someone, it's like you'll go to the ends of the earth to give them whatever they need to be successful too. It's like that's what I was gonna say. Kids reshape your your definitions of a lot of things in life too. And I always say being a parent is one of the most bipolar things you'll ever do because one minute you want to like kill the child, and then the next you'll kill anybody who says anything about your child. <laughs> right? <laughs> it's like you're like, oh my god, <laughs> ah, you're just freaking out. But it's true, and it's like, and you don't, you can't. Uh, like you can't explain the feeling of it until you actually have kids because i mean i think dads are the same way right it's like we'll run through a wall to like protect the kid right so it uh it's truly a weird experience but yeah and your insecurities are totally played upon even by your own children too they don't even realize it you know they'll manipulate a little buggers Mm -hmm. but yeah and i would say this and i don't know if you've got anything else you want to add on the whole what's holding people back ben but um, well, I've got another thought, but yeah. Well, let's go with that because what, what yeah. we got to talk well, about. Well, I was going to say, I mean, I think like I, we, it's, it, it intertwines all of them, but risk, right? People usually, oh, it's just too risky, mm-hmm. right? The idea of risk. And it, again, comes back to that thing that underlies all of them is failure, right? It's like, yeah. but without risk, there's no reward. I mean, it, you know, to experience it, like you go out on the play on the field, right? And we'll use the soccer analogy. Like people practice and they practice and they practice. And there's the risk of going out on the on the field and and failing, but when they go out there and they beat the other team, like the reward tastes so much better from all that practice. And they could go out there and they could fail, or they could just sit and practice the entire time. But if they go out and you win, it tastes pretty good. Mm-hmm. So many so many quotes spring to mind. Right, there's the Albert Einstein one. Definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again, expecting different results. Yeah. If you do what you've always done, you'll get what you've always got, right? So, yeah, you have to risk something. Well, and at some point, you got to step off the practice field and onto the onto the game field, right? Yeah. And you got to go out and kick the ball and potentially miss. Mm-hmm. And I think it's important that when you talk risk, it's not always financial risk. Sometimes it's, oh, I might be a little embarrassed at first. I might, I might feel yeah. a little bit. Yeah, I might totally. not be the best on the block at this, you know, but I'm going to get there. I'm going to learn. And I would add to this, the risk thing, the whole being held back these days, education, I'm a huge believer in education, if not necessarily the education system. But from an education standpoint, you have more resources and tools to learn how to do things, to practice how to do things. I mean, you don't, it used to be if you wanted to learn guitar, you had to go and see a teacher. 
-hmm. Now you can literally watch YouTube videos of somebody teaching the same thing a teacher would teach you for free. You can learn history online. You can. There's no excuse these days for not learning a skill, whether it be soft or hard, and then putting yourself around people who can mentor and teach and, and yeah. help you grow in those things. You know, and it comes back to that proximity principle, the Ken Coleman thing. Uh -huh. Put yourself around people that are doing what you want to do. Mm -hmm. Like, we, we live in a time now that essentially you can do anything you want to do if the work ethic and the commitment is there to do it. Well, and you choose how you spend your time and the people you spend them with. Even if you're like, well, no, I don't. I don't choose who the people who I work with. Like, you choose the job. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you do. So... I think the idea of, of risk is like risk is just something that is necessary to get to where you want to be in life. And I don't think there's any way around it. I wish there was a way around risk, right? But the other part of this I want to say is, and this might sound like a cop-out a little bit, is that bringing back that whole family and, and say like, I can't afford to take the risks anymore that I used to be able to take. And this sounds a little funny, but it's like, but now I'm, and it's maybe I, I guess... I couldn't afford in that I could potentially leave my family. Like, like, okay, Lauren and Weston, we're now out of the house that we worked hard to get. We're now out of the thing. Like, you have more to risk, I think, at some point. Mm -hmm. In monetary or not, like, when it's your family that you're risking, it becomes something very different, right? Yeah. So it's like, so you start to do a cost-benefit analysis of is it really worth it? And that's why I would decide, is it really something, at the beginning I said, is it really something that you're going to want? Because if it's really something that you're going to want, you got to decide is, is the risk of taking it on also worth it? Well, from a non-monetary standpoint again, right? So you, you obviously talk monetary a little bit, but can you imagine going back six years now with, you've got one kid, another on the way with the, with the um, commitments you have at home, could you go back and start a book of business from scratch again? And the amount of time and effort and what you had to put in. I mean, not in not with the current lifestyle I live. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, with the lifestyle I was living back then. Yeah. So your I risk mean, tolerance now has changed in that regard. Yeah. Um, and and that's that's a healthy risk change, right? Like mm -hmm. what you're willing to do and what you're willing to lose. So I think that's it's one of the reasons that we find it so hard to hire an herd. And, you know, unless we're hiring people at 21, 22, right out of college or people that are single, my job's hard to do because you're saying, hey, come from, even if it's a $40,000 a year salary to 100% commission. Yeah. You're going to you're gonna eat what you kill. Well, that's the same as advisors, right? Any yeah. commission job. It's like, hey, mm -hmm. guess what? <laughs> Good luck. <laughs> you got five years before you make any money. Get to it. Yeah. And we, I mean, we give them the pathway to make money right away with signing bonuses and such. Uh. Um but it's still that debilitating fear. People are like, I can't do what that. What if I don't hit it? What? And, and But then obviously the question that I ask and the question that other people ask is, yeah, but what if you do? I mean, then you're, I mean, there's no, there's nothing to stop somebody coming in and doing what I'm doing. And if they just work their own network, if they know 10 or 15 business owners, there's no reason why they can't make 30 or $40,000 in their first two months. I remember when I was graduating from college, um, uh, people always ask, like, did you know what you wanted to be? I'm like, I had no idea what I wanted to be when I was graduating from college. Would you think at that point you would have a general understanding of where you want to go? It's Especially like, with an accounting degree. Accounting degree, yeah. <laughs> but see, I always tell people, I didn't get the accounting degree to be an accountant. That's not why I went to school. But by the end of it, you think you're going to be an accountant. So a couple months before graduation, I'm like, oh, my God, I don't actually want to be in accounting. I don't even want to have a job in accounting. I don't want to do people's taxes or audits. So that sounds terrible. Mm -hmm. And uh, I got down to two job uh 
offers. One was an account executive at a marketing agency or an advertising agency. So uh, for those of you that don't listen to all the podcasts, I grew up in a marketing firm here in Spokane. So both my parents worked together, run a company. This was a different, this is not their marketing firm. This was an advertising firm placing ads. Uh, so got a job at an AE, as an AE at one of those and then got a job offer to be a financial advisor. And I remember going to my parents and like, oh my gosh, this first one, AE, I got salary benefits, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I'm going to pay $45,000 a year right out of school. Oh, my God, this is going to be great. And then the other one was like, you start at zero, you're commissioned, there's no benefits, you build a book, but your salary is unlimited. Like, you can make as much money as you want to make. And my parents told me, they were like, well, we started our company when we were 27 years old, so it wasn't much later than you. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, for one, it's like challenge. <laughs> and Lauren and I were married at this point, so this would have been our first full year, at the end of our first full year of marriage when I graduated. I got married between junior senior year of uh, college. And uh, Lauren and I were chatting. It's just like if there's ever going to be a time in your life to start to, to take a risk, it's like now. And I think that applies at any point. If there's ever going to be a time in your life to take a risk, it's now. Mm-hmm. Because... There's never going to be a good time in your life. There's never going to be a better time. No, because there's never going to be a good time. Because Mm -hmm. there's always going to be something that's going to enable you to kick the can down the road as an excuse, right? It's like, well, I'll do that later. It's like, no, now is the time. If you truly want it, if you truly want it, take time and ask that and get that answer first. Then go and take the risk because you're never going to do it if you don't start somewhere. Well, it's that it, it's it's like the gym thing, right? It's like it's Wednesday, and people are like, "I'm going to start going to the gym on Monday." And I was like, "Well, why wouldn't you start going tomorrow?" Because well, I want. It's easier to start on a Monday. Yeah. I'm going to go through the weekend. I'm going to eat like an asshole, and then Monday comes, and they've drank and they've eaten, and they don't feel good on Monday, yeah, so they don't, don't go uh, Monday. Next Monday, next Monday. And then it's like it always, always, always going to start on a Monday. And then actually, those kind of people really irritate me in business and life as well. When yeah. people are like, "Oh, I'm going to do this," and well, I've always wanted that's to why do I this. Just admit that you don't want to do it. Yeah. It's like, and that's fine. You don't, not everybody, have, that's what makes us special. That's what makes us America is that we don't all have to do and want to do the same thing. Why did it have to be about America? Why are you always, why are you always bashing on other countries? Well, why'd then? you come, why'd you come to America? I came to America because I like America. It doesn't mean that we have to shit on other countries. Oh, I'm just kidding. I shit on other countries all the time, <laughs> especially Scotland. I've, I've, I've been honest with you. I've told you that yeah. you're almost, um, you're almost uh, frowned upon if you're successful. In so I'm going to say something. Okay, I'm listening. And it'll be... Uh, I, th- I don't have a time frame on it yet. It's the infinite game. <laughs> <laughs> I but see what you did. I think we should go to Scotland sometime. Okay, I'll allow it. Lauren will come. And I mean, it'll be one of those things where it's like, we'll get a group of people together. Okay. Oh, you'll um, allow it? An, you have to get a handicap because there's no way that Pop or Patrick or a friend go and we don't play golf at St. Andrews. So you're going to have to play more golf. What if my ter- handicap's terrible? <laughs> well, you, you can have a 28 handicap. But okay, because that'll be what lowest. it is. Well, I'll yeah. play. If I'm there, I'll, play, I'll definitely play St. Andrews. I'm not going to not play St. Andrews. Oh, did I just hear a cry? I don't think so. Oh, the beast is moving. Oh, he is. Well, that's probably a good time for us to end this anyway. Jeez, he didn't live that long. <laughs> <laughs> so in case you're wondering what we're talking about, we are at Ben's house. We are recording at Ben's house. And Weston was down for a nap. And it looks like he's stirring a little bit. We have a little video screen of him yeah, here. Monitoring. CCV, closed yeah. caption television. Yeah. So that's what we think about things that are holding us back or you back or just in general. Don't let stuff hold you back. Just do it. No excuses. Just fucking do it. <laughs> there we go. Um, 
yeah so until the next time be good to yourselves and to each other and like us on facebook yeah, and instagram well. and all that stuff boom Now.